The year is 2001. Frodo begins his long journey to Mordor when Lord of the Rings The Fellowship of the Ring is released in theaters. The way we listen to music is forever changed when Apple's first iPod hits stores. And in Detroit, the unlikely pair of Steven Seagal and DMX team up to take on a group of corrupt cops. GameZillaMedia.com It's time for the last action podcast! Pop quiz, hot shot! Hey, I feel the need for need for speed. Please, we can kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome, everybody, to the Last Action Podcast. I am Joe. And with me, as always, is the one, the only, LPJ. Rough Riders! <laughs> LPJ, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I am excellent. I'm excited to be here to talk about this movie. I am too. Um, we have a special guest that brought us this delicious movie <laughs> that I am very excited to introduce. Uh, we have Fox McCloud Server with us. Hello, Fox. Hello. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I'm, I am super excited to be here as well. Uh you know, I thought when you introduced me, I was going to come up with some line to say, and then that's what came out. So <laughs> less is more. Yeah, less is more. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, not not to badmouth Sphinx, but uh, <laughs> that was a better intro than anyone he's ever given. <laughs> they won. They won. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am glad you're here, and I'm glad you brought us this movie because it's not something that was on my radar per se. But no. okay, yeah, I'm glad. So I'll start. I have never. So the movie we're talking about is Exit Wound, <laughs> and I have never seen this movie. Oh, man. That's surprising. In, until the podcast. Until the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And, well. and, and when I watched it, hold on, I got to fix my level here. There we go. Uh, and I had a hard time finding it. So I went to two different video stores. Neither of them had it. I went to, I looked at it on Amazon. And, and Amazon um, looked to rent, and it said it was there. And then I went to go rent it, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is a title. We don't actually have it to rent. <laughs> so then I had to scramble at the last minute. The only place I could find it to rent was on YouTube. I had to run it on YouTube, and I had to watch it on my phone this morning. (laughs) So I was sitting at my kitchen table watching it on my phone because I... I couldn't get to the basement to watch it where my computer is. Oh, wow, yeah. Well, I ordered it on Amazon, and, uh, you know, it came with Prime Shipping and a a heroin-coated (laughs) T-shirt. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm... Probably in trouble, but I'll hang on to it. No, that's good. That's that's that's, that's probably the the best way to get it. <laughs> I just rented it on Comcast on demand. Well, fucking lucky so, you. So it was super easy. I hit a button. <laughs> oh, that's good. Good. I'm glad you had such an easy time with this. <laughs> I kind of wish I would have bought it though. Well, okay. <laughs> so Fox, you, I, I I messaged you. I said, "What movies do you want to do?" You pick this and Cradle to the Grave, and I yeah. thought, "Well, I think this will probably be better because it's Seagal." Right. So, because right. we hadn't done the Seagal movie yet. Why did you pick this movie? Well, uh, I picked this movie because, you know, first of all, I hadn't seen it in probably a, a decade, but I remember watching it probably the year after the year after it came out uh, because, uh, you know, one thing that my dad and I used to do is we always used to, like, like most people our age, the video store was a big deal. And we'd go and rent movies like every weekend. And that was probably the main thing that we did together. Uh, growing up, so you know, and he watched a lot of action movies. Um, you know, your your classic, you know, uh, Stallone and Schwarzenegger and all that. 
Uh, we also watched a ton of Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, uh, yes. So. <laughs> we, we have not done a um, Chuck, Norris. Chuck Norris film yet. Right. right. We need to do one. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking yeah. missing in action, maybe. Uh, well, you know, I don't think I've ever seen one, so they're all new to me. All right. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's quite interesting. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, you know, I watch uh, action movies with my dad. I mean, but, uh, you know, his movie taste was also kind of interesting because he... Uh, uh, you know, like the Hallmark and the Lifetime movies as well, uh, which uh-huh. is which is quite the dichotomy. But uh, you know, I think it just helps make him a well-rounded individual. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. My dad's the same way. Like he gets all pumped when the uh, new Christmas Hallmark movies come out. Like he'll call my wife and they'll talk about Christmas, like which which movies are coming out. And he's got like there's like a tracking app. That so you don't miss one, and he has it. He has. He, he'll call what? He'll call next a, level shit. Yeah, right there. he'll call Aaron because he doesn't have. He has a flip phone still, okay. which is ridiculous. And uh, and he'll call my wife because she has the app, and he'll ask her what movies are coming out, so he knows which ones to watch. Wow, that's, that's intense. That's crazy. It is bizarre. Yeah, but so you know, I think that what happened is we went on one of our usual trips to uh, the local movie store. And, you know, at that time was, you know, I was, you know, 14. And so, you know, I was listening to, you know, early Eminem. I also had, you know, like Linkin Park and, you know, other things in there. And one of the first rap albums I had was DMX's The Great Depression. Yeah. That was probably like my third rap album aside from the first two Eminem rap albums. So. Um, and it was back in the day when, you know, you had a limited amount of CDs and you listened to them constantly. Right. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, and so, but but beyond that, I mean, DMX was huge at that time. I was oh, just yeah. going to say, he was yeah. gigantic. Yeah, so like I, um, like I, you know, I wrote it down. He actually, from 98 to 2001, yeah. had four albums that did, you know, 13 million wow. That's sales. Crazy. That's, That's crazy. huge. Insane. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so I was a part of that. Like, I saw him on MTV, BET, yeah. all that stuff, and and just loved the guy. Wow, that's cool. And that, so, and that would explain Cradle to the Grave also. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, we went to the movie store. I'm, I'm certain that that's, that's where I picked it out because I was like, oh, DMX is in there. And, uh, you know, we watched it. Cool. <laughs> so. Uh, I guess for me, I mean, I don't have, I, I know it was a movie, <laughs> and I remember it existed, but I had never seen it. And then LPJ told me we we're going to do it, and I watched it. And that's kind of my history with the movie. <laughs> I'm surprised I hadn't seen this one, to be honest with that you. That is surprising. Because yeah. I've seen a lot of Steven. Steven, I went through, so I worked at the video, I worked at a video store back in 2001. And, um, and I went through a phase where I was watching like a whole run of, when I'd pick an actor and I'd watch like a run of his movies. So like I'd go back and I watched a bunch of Jean-Claude Van Damme and I'd watch a bunch of Stallone. And I watched a bunch of Steven Seagal movies, so like Death Warrant and um, um, I'm blanking on all the rest of them right now. What's, what's, uh, Under Siege, uh, Fire Down Below. Like I, I rent all these mm-hmm. these movies. Fire Down Below. Oh, it's not, it's not <laughs> great. That, is that, that an innuendo? How long was in that? Didn't he have one that was like outside the law or something like that? Above the law. Above the law. That's okay. the above the law is actually or beyond the no, it's above the law. That one's really good. Um, but yeah, and, and for whatever reason, I didn't watch this one. And I don't mm. know what the reason was, but I never went and saw this one. Um, yeah, and and you're right. DMX is definitely in this. <laughs> he's all over the soundtrack. Yeah. He is he, he is absolutely, he's not a, not a supporting character at all, <laughs> right, like you would right. expect. 
Right. Uh, no, he's in this. I think one of my notes at one point while watching this is like, man, there's a lot of DMX songs in this DMX movie. <laughs> I have that note. I was. I have that note. There's so much DMX music. That's my note here. But I, mean, I guess if you got him in your movie, might as well use the songs. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah, they got. A, they probably got a discount on him. Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. And I think I. You know, well, obviously, uh, <clears throat> you know, get to it a little bit more when we get into it, but. You know, I think the movie actually shines a little bit more when they use the DMX music. And I'm not just speaking as I, I, just from that, the, the tone of the movie yeah. and the grittiness of the movie. When yeah. they deviate from that and they start using like industrial type music. Yeah, that was really scenes. weird. It was weird. It just didn't fit. It didn't fit. And even the score is not that great. No. no. And you're right. This movie, this movie is almost like a, so this is what, oh, one. Oh, one, yeah. I have the release date is March 16th, 2001. And when did the first Fast and Furious come out? Ooh, 2001, but I feel like it was maybe a little bit after this. I feel like that was yeah, more, it was more summer, summer. summer proper was when that came out. This feels like it could have been a Fast and Furious movie. It, mm. it definitely has the same kind of like aesthetic and same kind of like look and almost kind of like pacing and stuff like that. And I, the tone, I, there's yeah. there's action, but there's also a lot of comedy in it, which yeah. I was very surprised at the mm. comedy in this. One, mm. one would say this movie almost has too much comedy in it. Uh, in parts. When, when, yeah. you, when you have a movie that has two characters who are solely there for comic relief... Yeah. <laughs> it's like, pick one, you know? You yeah. don't need two comic relief characters. We'll get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> that was one thing that I did notice. There's a lot of characters in this. There are. There's there a are. lot of characters. Yeah. yeah, And, like, prominent. They're not throwaway mm-hmm. characters. There's a lot of prominent characters in this. Yeah, right. and a lot of known actors. Yeah. Surprisingly enough for this movie. Oh, mm-hmm. totally. Especially mm-hmm. in 2001. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, so I guess we'll get right into it. So Steven Seagal and DMX, right? Mm-hmm. They're the leads in this. <laughs> They're the leads, yes. And we also have uh, uh, Isaiah Washington, mm-hmm. yeah. who I recognize. He's one of those guys that I recognize, but I couldn't really think of anything else that I. He's in a lot of in. TV. He's in a lot of TV. Yeah, yeah. an unfortunate time in my life uh, when I <laughs> was forced to watch uh, the first few seasons of Grey's Anatomy. Oh, okay, yep. okay. And so yeah, he was uh, Doctor Burke on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> okay, and, yeah. so I knew he looked familiar. Then uh, Anthony Anderson, who is. I mean, probably back then he wasn't as big, but he's kind of huge now. Everyone knows him. Yeah, yeah this yeah. was kind of, because I don't remember him being in a lot of stuff No. prior to this. Prior to this. This is kind of like his, I feel like this would have been his big coming out had this movie been bigger. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember him being in the, and I, I can't remember the year on this, but I remember him being in the original Transformers. Yeah, he is. But I don't remember the year on that one at all. The original Transformers is... Probably oh six. Okay, so I couldn't it's remember. Late. It's after. I couldn't remember. I knew it was after. I couldn't remember if it was close to this one or not. But yeah. that's like the first time I remember seeing him in something big. Right, right, right. I think there's actually a lot of similarities between this and uh, Romeo Must Die. <laughs> well, and that he, was the thing. I think he was in there. Tom Arnold was in there. DMX was in Romeo Must Die. Well, um, um, I'm glad you brought that up because, like, this movie, Romeo Must Die, Cradle to the Grave all directed by the same guy, all produced by Joel Silver. They had a lot of the same crossover casts. The three movies are essentially spiritual successors of the previous. Okay. They kind of all mix in a way. All right. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, so like DMX, Anthony Anderson, Isaiah Washington's in oh, okay. at least yep. two of them. Yep. Uh, Seagal's only in one of them because it, apparently by all accounts he's a big dick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I've heard so. that before. 
Yeah, from pretty much everyone who's ever worked with them ever, with the exception of uh, Leona Machida really likes them. <laughs> so, so Anthony Anderson, also uh, Michael Jai White, who mm-hmm. threw out all my notes in this, I just referred to him as Spawn. It's so. probably a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, what was his character in The Dark Knight? Uh, Gamble? Gamble, yeah. Gamble, okay. Um, I liked seeing him in this um, because he's a martial artist. Mm-hmm. Like an actual trained, yeah, really good martial artist, yeah. mm-hmm. and it was neat seeing him match up with Seagal. Yeah, because you know, I mean, Seagal always has like a a martial arts rival in it. Yeah, in his movies generally. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and it was nice seeing Michael Jai White because you don't normally see him in like a Seagal type movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Michael Michael Jai White is jacked in this movie. No, he's, dude, yeah. he's, he's still jacked. Have yeah. you been watching Arrow? Oh yeah, because he's Bronze Tiger. In yeah, that. yeah, he's. he's Mega jacked in that. Yeah. <laughs> like, he is Terry Crews level jacked. <laughs> it's it's funny that I refer to him as Spawn, but I've never seen the Spawn movie. I have. <laughs> I believe that. Uh-huh. A couple times. <laughs> I used to, also used to watch the HBO cartoon. So so Michael J. White, then our old friend Bill Duke is in this movie, which I was excited to see Bill Duke in this because yeah. I love him. He was just in Commando, which we talked about a couple episodes ago. He keeps popping up in a ton of movies. <laughs> he's in he's in this. Yeah. Commando. Yeah. He's in Predator. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, which we'll eventually get to at yeah. some point. Um, but yeah, he shows up just kind of all over the place. And then the the other two people that I have mentioned of note is Tom Arnold is in this, which was like kind of bizarre to me. I had no idea. <laughs> and then he showed up and I'm like, wait, Tom Arnold's in this? I had no idea either. <laughs> I had no clue. And then like uh, Jill Hennessy, who I feel was someone that was kind of big around that time that I don't really think does much these days. But I feel like around those that well, time, she had a big TV show. She was in uh, Crossing Jordan. She was in Law and Order. Oh, Crossing Jordan. That's the show she was in. Okay, yeah. but, it, but again, that was all of the time. Like she doesn't do much now. I feel like. Uh, I mean, yeah, she she's in a bunch of different TV series. Okay, all I right. mean, she hasn't stopped working. That's for sure. Pardon me, Jill Hennison, super fan. They're just not. They're just not shows you would watch. Okay, that's fair. All right, but I recognized her. I guess is yep. what I'm saying. I knew that she was in this. Did you also recognize Bruce McGill? A.K.A. Jack Dalton from MacGyver. Oh, shoot. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. I, I do, now that you say, I didn't make the connection, but now that you're saying that, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, Eva Mendez is in this? Yeah, Eva Mendez. That's like, a funny story. <laughs> yeah, that, there's yeah. The, the <laughs> <laughs> Well, get to it. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, so, you know, I, I obviously didn't know this, and actually, it's funny, I read it, and then when I watched it again last night, I was like, yep. oh, God, they did do that. <laughs> so, so she she's not in there very much, and she doesn't have very many lines, and even then, the lines that she has were completely overdubbed <laughs> by a different, they, they used a different act, actress for yeah. that. And and they said it's because she didn't sound intelligent enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I, I read that, and it's funny too. And I was bummed because I read that after I watched it, so I didn't I didn't even really notice when I watched the movie that it wasn't her voice. But I feel like if I watched it again, I'd be like, oh yeah, you could definitely tell. Oh you, oh yeah, for sure. When I watched <laughs> it again last night, you could absolutely tell. And uh, and actually, the few lines that she had, they didn't even show her talking <laughs> in those on a couple of them. It was like okay. <laughs> Um, while, while we're covering the cast here at LPJ, I just want to get into this a little bit, and it's kind of our new segment, but I haven't quite thought of a name for it yet. Okay. But I want to run through, have you guys guess a couple of these uh, celebrities, uh, stars in this movie, their, their current net worth, if oh, you will. Let's, let's workshop a title. Let's see. So it's a net worth of somebody in an action movie. We'll call them um, their explosive value. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, we will we will work with that for now. <laughs> and we will see if we can come up something 
later on that's Boom better. dollars. <laughs> Boom dollars. Oh, I like that. Boom bucks. <laughs> okay, so let's run through a couple of these real quick and okay. just see if you can, you can guess here. So let's start with the, with the man, Steven Seagal. What do you think his net worth is? Ugh, see, it's tough because... So we're, are we talking U.S. dollars? Yeah, Cause, okay. Because... Oops. Oh, goodness gracious. Let's try that again. Pop quiz, hot shot. Oh, I have a pop no. quiz regarding Steven Seagal. Oh, no. Steven Seagal a currently... A segment within a segment. A segment. <laughs> this is deep. This is Inception-level stuff. <laughs> the, Steven Seagal holds citizenship in multiple countries. Okay. How many countries, and can you name them? Well, I'm guessing it's more than two. Otherwise, you wouldn't be asking us. Mexico? No, surprisingly. I know that Russia's one, right? Yes, he has citizenship. He's he's Russian citizen, a U.S. citizen. The last one you're probably not going to get. Um, Serbian. Serbian, okay. Yep, he, okay. and I guess uh, the Serbian and the Russian were granted to him just based on stuff that he did there. Well, yeah, I think he's like buddies of Putin and hangs out he with Putin all with the Putin. time, so, which is bizarre. But Putin buddies, you know? <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so, so my question then about his net worth... How much of it's reported? I will tell you this. I have the amount that when I Googled Steven Seagal net worth, that it told me. Four million. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say ten million. Uh both of you are close, but it's actually sixteen million dollars. Oh, that is wow. way more than I expected. Wow. My my gut reaction was fifteen. I was like, there's no way he's worth fifteen. Okay. Well, see he owns he owns but, a, he owns like a karate system, like a whole martial arts oh, system wow. okay. that he created. Okay, let me throw another one at you. Okay. Uh, Tom Arnold. What do you think Tom Arnold's net worth is? Ooh, he's getting residuals from Roseanne still. Uh, he used to write on a lot of sh- different shows. I'm going to say $7 million. Okay. Hmm. 11 Both of you are low. He's actually $30 million. Oh Tom gosh. Arnold's $30 million? $30 million out of all the people I researched for this. He had the highest. That is... Craziness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I'm going to close this out with the reason why I created the segment with the man himself, DMX. What do you think DMX's net worth is? Well, it's got to be less than 30 million. There's your clue. It's less than 30 million. 29 million. Okay. Uh, 25. <laughs> His net worth is negative $10 million. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Negative $10 million. Well, I was going to say, uh, I mean, he just got out of jail again. Yeah. So, <laughs> Wow. No. That you, is poor uh, financial can management. Can you yeah. imagine being $10 million in debt? That's crazy. <laughs> so, Man. Yeah. Ten I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That tugs at my heartstrings a little bit, you know, because... I mean, obviously, you know, you know, growing up loving his music and everything. Yeah, but, and that's you know, a, and that's what's crazy to think of. You talked about all the big hits and all the number uh-huh. one albums and everything, and the fact that he's that far in debt these days. But I think it's like he has something crazy if you look it up. And I didn't double check this, but he has like thirteen, fifteen kids. Like he's he's probably yeah. made some bad choices. He he's had a very rough life. Like <laughs> he really? is a rough writer. <laughs> wow. Okay. That was an interesting. That was an interesting little little trip there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so so DMX is in this along with all those other people. Um, this movie was directed by uh, Andres 
Barkowia. <laughs> I don't know. I can't yeah, pronounce that's his the name. best. I, that's as good as I yeah. And produced by Joel Silver, who obviously is mega producer, produced Bad Boys films, the Lethal Weapon movies, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and um, where am I going with this? Uh, the music. It's got a score, but really the music is DMX music. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, looked up the composer and it wasn't, I, there wasn't really anything of note. It was a lot of, like, TV shows and video games and stuff like that that he had done, but nothing that stood out to me. Yeah. And, and the big song off of, there is, he, DMX wrote almost an entire album for this entire, for this movie. Uh, no Sunshine, I guess, is probably the most popular. Um, mm-hmm. So let's play a little bit of that. It's dark and hell is hot. Ain't no sunshine when it's Only darkness every day. Ain't no sunshine when it's on. Cause when it's on, your niggas gonna be gone every time. Cause we don't play. Turn out the lights, is what niggas be saying Now you don't wanna fight, but y'all niggas be playing Thinking it's alright, keep playing with that boat And you gon' know tonight, when you land in that boat Dirt getting tossed in your grave Now it's all over Preacher said you was brave Now it's all over Alright, there we go <laughs> Classic feel, DMX And I feel like they use that song two, maybe three times in the movie, for sure. Definitely did, parts yeah. of it, like, <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, they, like, drop the volume down a little bit. You know, but, yeah, uh, there's a lot of it. I don't know how you can not like that song. No, I, no it's great. Maybe I'm biased, but it's, like, every no, time I hear that, I'm like, oh. No, no it's it, pretty it, fantastic. And, I, and, like, that's one thing, like, I'd never seen this movie, but I definitely remember the song when it came on. Yeah, I had no idea it was from this movie. Yeah. I, I know the song. I had no idea it was from this movie. Uh, so the movie takes place in Detroit. Right. Which, it's not Detroit. No, definitely not. No, no it was 100% Canada. <laughs> right. Canada. And I, because I notice in the background of the shots, you see the uh, Pizza Pizza sign. Yep. Which is what Little Caesars is called in Canada. Yep. And so. we've been to Toronto. Yes. Fairly certain we've been to that Pizza Pizza. You think so? Maybe. I think that's the one we were at. <laughs> or at least near. Yeah, it's true. Because I think it was filmed in Canada. Uh, well, in Canada, in Toronto, Hamilton, and Calgary. Is That's Hamilton, correct, so. yeah. They could have at least done Windsor. I mean, what the hell, you know? Like, uh, would you want to film in Windsor? <laughs> no. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> it probably would have looked a lot more like the... It looks more like Detroit yeah, than Toronto. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, if you're going to do it, why don't you at least do it over there? I yeah. I think, I think it's important to mention, too, that this movie is based on a book, apparently? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I read that, and... Um, you read the book? No, 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 no. Oh, I, oh, I was going to say, because I did not do that. Like, no, 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 wow, no. you did some good research. I did. I did a lot of research in the 14 hours before we got here. Uh, I watched the movie. I read the book. Wrote, wrote a paper about it. That's what I did. Uh, yeah, it is. It's based on a book, and I couldn't really find much about it. Uh, the only thing I have about the book is uh, a little blurb about the plot that I found on Amazon, and it describes it as this. The ultimate raunchy, burnt-out cop saga set in a hilarious precinct of mavericks and malcontents. That's it. <laughs> so it sounds like a police academy movie. <laughs> and apparently the book takes place in Long Island, not Detroit. Correct. And that's, that's all that, I got. And I did came, find that as well. And it came out in 1990. Yes. That's it. If anyone wants to read it, all right. hit us up, let us know what it's about. 
I, if the know, plot I think is similar, I'm going to read it and then I'm going to post it in Discord. I want to, you know what? <laughs> do do, do that. that. I want you to do a comparison <laughs> because I'm very curious how much of the plot from the book ended up in this movie because the plot for this movie is very confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my understanding is that it's fairly not similar <laughs> that they kind of took the name and maybe a few things and that was it but that's what it seems the, like the plot of this movie and i cannot wait till we get to it let's just do it right now but the, there's a reveal that made me so happy and so furious at the same time <laughs> that we will get to it but like it's one of the best reveals i can think of <laughs> so the movie starts with steven seagal He's, he 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 kind of goes rogue, I guess. Right to save the vice president. Right, who's in Detroit to give a speech about like gun violence or gun control or something. Something along those lines. Right, and uh, Steven Seagal blows up a helicopter with his pistol. Oh yeah, totally legit. The, the, Completely legit. The world's most uh, conspicuous helicopter. It's like bright red and has smiley faces on it. <laughs> yeah, like what? Look, we're they terrorists. wouldn't have cleared air traffic. Yeah. And like, can I ask you guys a question? Does he show up in an El Camino? Is that what he's driving? He, you know what? That's uh. a thing. In in Steven Seagal movies, he always has some classic car. Okay. And in this particular one, it's an El Camino. And in one of the previous ones, he was driving around like a 70s fastback Mustang that's all <laughs> decked out. Uh, he's got, I think he has a Camaro in one, like an old Camaro in one of his movies. But that's his thing. It's like a classic okay. sports car. Gotcha. Yeah, and the El Camino is, I'm glad you mentioned that, because that was the first, I was like, oh, yes, one of the best cars ever made right <laughs> there. <Yep. laughs> and that car got wrecked quick. Yeah, and then I was like, what a bunch of dicks. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then he just he's blew it right up. And he's driving around, what was he driving around after a that? A Dodge Ram. A Dodge Ram yeah. truck, yeah. which got, he didn't even take the stickers off of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I was like, for a while, I thought that was, like, in my mind, I'm like, is this a gaff? Because I can totally see, like, the dealership stickers in the window. <laughs> but then I was like, okay, I get it. It's because it's new, and he just probably he just picked just it up. Bought it. Yeah. yeah. And then that, then that gets wrecked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he gets that yellow, he takes that yellow Hummer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, which is like, I have a note, a note that's like, hey, remember when Hummers were a thing? Like, they were big, popular cars. Yeah, there's stuff like that all over this movie. Like, the people that try to kill the vice president... Are the Michigan militia? Yeah, Do you remember when that was a big deal? Yeah, that was right around the time of this movie. <laughs> like the Michigan militia issue they had was right around the time of this. Huh. Yeah, I so, think that might be the reason why they switched it over to Michigan instead to Detroit instead of uh, having it in New Jersey. Could be, maybe, yeah. So, so he basically he foils the plot for them to assassinate the vice, vice president. president, and for some reason the Secret Service are really mad at him about it because they didn't want him on the bridge or, or something, and they're really pissed at him about it. Yeah. Even and, though he saved the vice president's life. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> that's part of the part of my issue with the plot of this. So he gets sent to this precinct, 1515, right, as part of his punishment. Wait, before you get to that, can you explain the guy from MacGyver yeah, and, Bruce Bill, Miguel. and Bill Duke? Yep. They're both in his old precinct. Explain their roles. Okay. So um, one of them's the chief. Bill Duke is the chief. Okay. He's the head of... That precinct. Of that precinct. Uh, or no, he's the chief of police. Okay. Bill Duke is the chief of police. And Bruce McGill is the head of that particular precinct that he's in. Okay. Mm. Right. Okay. So the Secret Service is pissed, so they bump him out of that precinct to, like, the garbage precinct. Right, to 1515, which okay. is supposedly the garbage precinct. Um, apparently being run by Jill Hennessy, who says she's cleaning up. <laughs> and she used to be a former uh, internal affairs officer. Right. And they keep calling her the commander, but she's like the, the chief. Well, that's, what, that's the commander. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Or that's what, that's what, uh, that's what um, Bruce 
Bruce McGillis. He's the commander. Okay, got the it. The commander of that particular precinct. Got it. That helps clear it up for me. Right. And um, yeah. So, I mean, we're gonna this spoil. We're gonna jump ahead a little bit here, but Bruce McGill ends up being a bad guy, right? Right. Uh, and part of the plan was to send him to the precinct. Well, I guess I don't know if that was part of the plan or not. Was it? Because because <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, I think so. I think that's well, maybe not part of his plan. I guess because he calls um, Bill Duke, doesn't he? Who does? I thought Bill Duke was the one that sent him to the yeah. No, Bill, Bill Duke said just take care of him. Oh, okay. and Bruce McGill said, "Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take care oh, okay. of him, and we'll send you to the fifteen fifteen instead okay. of firing you." But to, like, gotcha. to what end? How does that further their plot to have Steven Seagal at that precinct? I don't know. It almost seems worse because that's where all the bad cops are. So why send him to that precinct? I don't know. Like I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I couldn't figure that part out. And the other part I couldn't figure out, or, or what I noticed was. Steven Seagal essentially could have been plucked out of this movie completely and everything would have resolved fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That, yeah. To a certain extent, that's right, like, I guess. Like, yeah. DMX would have got this whole thing handled Okay. with, right. with virtually no kills whatsoever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It would have been a bloodless bloodless takedown of this of these corrupt cops. Right, right. And, and really, Steven Seagal is the villain here. I guess in a sense you're kind of no, right about he, that. He, I mean, he essentially is the villain in this. He, well, yeah, he starts off that way anyway, right? And then after he finds out, you know, which you well, know, even then, like but, he gets Jill Hennessy killed, yeah. for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Had he just yeah not done anything, yeah, she'd still be alive. Yeah, yeah. DMX would have taken care of these guys, right? And he'd have been, he had it all planned out, and he'd have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> What the hell was he doing here then? I don't know. <laughs> bullshit. Well, they had to have him here because not only did they bump him down to that precinct, but they send him to anger management classes, <laughs> <laughs> which which is where we're introduced to Tom Arnold's character, yeah, who is like a morning TV host. He hosts AM Detroit, <laughs> yeah. so he's like a local yeah. celebrity. Well, yeah, but I think he's supposed to be kind of like a um, like a like a muckraker, like a. Uh, I don't know how to describe. It. I can't even think of a parallel for him right now. Right. Um, but he's like, it's supposed to be. He's like, I don't know, because he has like sources, and he's kind right, of like a. Right. They they make you think he's more of like an investigator, like you know, like I can't think of what you're saying. Kind of like a more legit like TMC TMZ kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah I think that's a good. Like that. I think that's a good. Yeah, analogy. and that's essentially what he is. He's yeah. trying to expose, you know, expose uh, uh, people that that are seemingly beyond the law. Right. Right. So right. He, he's in the anger management class, which is like those anger management scenes. I'm just like, they're just like, they're, they stand out to me so much because they're just so purely comedy mm-hmm. that they seemed, to, it was like jarring <laughs> yeah. to go into him and have the scene where he's like, oh, he's stuck in the desk and he tries <laughs> to get out of it and he can't. It's just like, it's so bizarrely comedic, you know, like, don't get me wrong, action movies have comedy sure. in them, yeah. but this is like straight on like comedy yeah. happening in the middle of this movie. And I don't remember. Yeah. How many have you seen? Have you, either of you seen any more Steven Seagal movies beyond this? Oh, geez. I mean, I have, but I couldn't even tell okay. you which ones. Because I don't remember comedy being in any of them. No. <laughs> well, he doesn't seem. Comedy doesn't seem to suit him. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Well, the main problem I have with the anger management scenes is I feel like it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. Which I mean, whatever. <laughs> I mean, what's the depth here in this movie in general? But. For Seagal's character doesn't do anything. Right. Because he doesn't change throughout no. the movie. No, I, even at the end. Yeah. 
it he's ex- still the same. It, right? ex- it exists purely to introduce him to Tom Arnold's right. character. Right, right. Like, exactly. Who yeah. ends up playing a crucial part in the plot. But yeah. it's like, I feel like they could have thought of another way to introduce him. Mm-hmm. Or- but even then, it doesn't really prove to be that crucial because essentially, if you take Steven Seagal out of this movie, <laughs> DMX would have solved the problem anyway. Can we? I know we're kind of jumping around, but can we... <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about DMX's character? Yeah, do it. Okay, go ahead. So we're introduced to DMX's character, and what's his character's name? I have it here somewhere. Latrell Walker. Latrell Walker. We're introduced to him, and we're kind of led to believe from his introduction that he's like uh, like a a drug dealer, if you will, right? Yeah. Or he's because he's He's some kind of criminal. Something shady is going on. Some kind of criminal. You know, we see him spending a lot of money. He buys a Lamborghini. You know, he's making deals with these cops, and we don't know exactly what's going on with him. He appears to be in cahoots with them, and he's a bad guy. Right. So this happens for, I don't know, half the movie. (laughs) And then the reveal of DMX's character is that he's actually not a street criminal, but a dot-com billionaire (laughs) who's trying to expose these corrupt cops because they framed his brother and put him in jail. Am I right about that? No, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is like the craziest <laughs> reveal to me ever is that he's not a street criminal, but a dot-com billionaire. Yeah, and a genius dot-com billionaire. Yeah. They, they, go, yeah. they specifically say oh, yeah. he is a computer whiz. Oh, computer whiz. <laughs> and he, can, he, he was able to wipe out his, his identity, basically, and give himself a new identity. Right. That being said, why couldn't he just hack in to the records and clear his brother's name. <laughs> He's not that much of a computer. Yes. You're giving him too much credit. Because I'm obviously, I am. Yeah. Because that's like Tom Arnold's rule. Like he finds out that information, and he's the one that tells Seagal that he is this um, dot com billionaire, right? Mm-hmm. Who is not actually a drug dealer. Yeah, and they well, no, he he says they don't know he's not a drug dealer still. They say he's just a dot-com billionaire who scrubbed his identity to become this other person right. and is still selling drugs. Right, because then he goes to try and take try him and, out. Try and take him out, right. Right. And they can't figure out the motivation behind why he would be selling drugs mm-hmm. when he's already a billionaire. Right. <laughs> Which, I, that, you know, I buy that. That's the one part I yeah, totally understand. Because he's DMX. Me. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know... Because he's black, that's and that's what, he, what black people do, apparently. <laughs> oh, boy. Because this movie, this movie was weirdly racist, but yeah. it was black people being racist to black people. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no. It was the yeah. strangest thing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I feel like Sphinx. <laughs> <laughs> also, I thought that there was a, one of the guys in the uh, dealership when he buys the car kind of looked like Luke Wilson, but I know it wasn't. A little bit, yeah. A little bit with the long hair. <laughs> the guy that, like, he, like, hooks him up with the car and he throws him, like, a bag of cash. Oh, yeah. Which is, like, I don't know why that scene exists either. There's a lot of scenes in this movie where I'm like, why is this here exactly? I think it's just setting up the the twist. Okay. Yeah, you, I, you I know, think you're right. I, I, yeah, I think that's... It I, just add I, more meat to it. The first time I watched it, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. You know, so I it's mean, like, it's there's a couple of funny yeah. moments in it, for sure, with Anthony Anderson yeah. and, and he, the guy you know who's trying to... That's the racist moments that you're <laughs> yeah, talking, that's what I'm about. talking about. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's horrible. Anthony Anderson's greatness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love everything about Anthony Anderson in this movie. <laughs> He's pretty great playing uh, TK. Yeah. <laughs> and that scene... So let's jump ahead just a by a lot. Okay. So the closing credit scene. Oh my god. When him and Tom Arnold are clearly just improvising <laughs> yeah, back like, and forth. That was maybe the funniest part of the whole movie. It was it, good. It went on 
forever. It did, it did. forever. It you did. Know, you know, like the point when you're watching a movie and it's like, even if it's a great movie, you're like, okay, I'm ready for this to be over. And yeah. you're just ready to turn it off. And they would not stop talking. And I'm <laughs> like, uh, I had to keep watching this. And you, you're yeah. right. You could tell it was like, they just turn on the camera and they're like, okay, just yeah, you know, yeah, do, do something. I, I don't even know if they, it makes you feel like too, they, they didn't even have any idea that they were going to keep that in. And <laughs> no. maybe they were laughing so hard. They were like, just put that in the end of the movie. I'm willing to <laughs> bet that all of their scenes were improvised. Yeah. I bet I I'm willing to bet that all of that comedy was just them coming up with it on the fly. Yeah. Oh, I believe that. I believe they turned the camera on and we're like, oh, just talk." Yeah. <laughs> or or they probably discovered that on this on a uh, you know, within a couple days and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, this is way better if we just let them do their thing." <laughs> right. Which works. I totally I liked both. I really liked both of them in this movie. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, they're great in it. And again, it's the thing that I say where it's like they're both great, but it's also weird to have a movie that basically has two characters who exist for comic relief. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is like they both work in it, but it's just weird that this movie has those two characters. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. It's it's very, it's, it doesn't, they don't seem to fit in this film, but I'm glad they're there. <laughs> <laughs> totally glad they're there. <laughs> So, I mean, kind of like circling back, I mean, I know we're kind of bouncing in and around the plot here, but I do like the fact that, like, Seagal's almost being, like, bullied when he moves to this precinct. <laughs> There's that bizarre scene in the locker room where they're all taking... So bizarre. Where they're all taking turns, like, they're all shirtless and towels, and they're taking turns tasering each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hazing. It's a hazing ritual. <laughs> Which is, like... Okay. There's, there's that guy who's, like definitely foreign and he's like humongous I can't remember that character's name but I basically have like I didn't know the Hulk was in this movie yeah. oh yeah he's huge he looked like Thor yeah and they're just like taking turns uh, tasering each other and it's like how tough are you how long can you get like what setting I think is what you can turn it up to and how long right. can you taser them? do tasers have that I don't know. I haven't been tased recently. Yeah, I haven't been tased either. So. I mean, I watch a lot of live PD, but I don't think uh, I don't think they have settings that you know go from like stun to kill. Are there training tasers? I don't know. I don't. I, you know? I don't know. We're gonna. I got a friend. Heroin t-shirt. I, I have a friend who's a who's a U.S. Marshal. I'm gonna call him and see what he see what he has to say, and I'll see if I can get you guys tased. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that. I don't think I want to get tased. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, but, I, but like, the scene is ridiculous, obviously. I mean, I watched it again, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I say actually right when it came on, I was watching it with my wife who had, you know, never seen it. And we both were like, because oh, you know, <laughs> I immediately remembered, oh, yeah, this is dumb. <laughs> you know, but I think that the purpose it serves is uh, mainly probably for Michael Jai White's character yeah, because it, totally. once again... It's, it's the introduction of his character as Strut. And you're thinking that he's a good good guy. Right. He's they, one of the good guys. Because he kind of comes in and is like, hey, leave Seagal alone and mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. He kind of saves him from that. Right. Now, I should say it's at this point in my notes where I have 33 minutes into an hour and 40 minute movie. What's the plot? <laughs> yeah, you don't really get a sense of what the plot is until... I mean, I guess I feel like it's more than to, the halfway mark yeah I feel like it takes a while I mean I get it some of it's probably misdirect on purpose but it's a little oh, yeah it's a little aimless at the beginning where you're not yeah. quite sure where it's going yeah one of the other things I noticed <laughs> DMX has very nice fingernails <laughs> what <laughs> in, in the scene where he's where he gets in the car with um, uh, Montini and uh, he tells him about, you know, I want to see your operation. Yeah, right, yeah. right. And he holds the gun to him. He's like, who's this fucking guy that's that's chasing me? What's going on? This <laughs> His, Neanderthal, he yeah. calls him. <laughs> His fingernails are pristinely manicured. <laughs> like, they're shiny, like he painted them. Yeah, yeah. They've got color on them. It was very off-putting. I did not notice that, but... <laughs> 
When yeah. I rewatch it, I'll pay attention to that. That's and... why he's ten million dollars in debt. It's <laughs> all those manicures. <laughs> um, another another thing I want to I want to ask you guys about. So at one point, he goes. I can't remember why, and maybe you can clear this up. But he goes to the um, the Piper Tech is like a company because he he goes there to to investigate something. He gets a tip where he's going to go to Piper Tech, mm-hmm. and he goes there. And there's like a janitor, but like for some reason the janitor's whole family's there. <laughs> this is by far the most confusing part of the movie for me. <laughs> on both watches, I was like, okay. <laughs> why what does is he going first on? of all, why does he go to the place? Uh, he goes he, he goes to the he goes to see the logbook for something. I don't know what the log was even for. Yeah. He thinks Latrell Walker is the one that's on the tape. No, that's afterwards. Yeah, yeah. it's afterwards. Yeah, I, so I, like, I don't know what he, he I, was looking for in the logbook. Yeah, he gets some kind of tip or some kind of thing that points to the Piper lab. So he goes there where he's like, oh, I'm going to go check it out and gets there and sees there's like a janitor and his whole family for some whole reason. Whole family's there. Yeah, like his wife and, and, his, daughter, and his daughter yeah. are all there and they're being basically they're, like they're, they're held tied captive. Up. Yeah. Right, they're tied up yeah. because the place is being robbed. And we later find out it's a group and they're robbing because the police will store like evidence in their vault. If it's like higher than a certain value or something like that. Okay, that's what it is. Because that's like he goes there because they say that they they keep narcotics uh, from the police evidence at the Piper Tech vault. So then when they break in there, they say that they steal 50 kilos of heroin from that vault that's being kept by them instead of the police evidence locker. Right, by like four dudes. Yeah. Four dudes bust in here and, and tie up the <laughs> janitor and his family. Yeah, where's all the security? <laughs> like if it's that... Big of a deal. You <laughs> it's think Calgary. Have... It's Calgary, though. You know. I mean, why? <laughs> You're right. They're, they're all at Tim Hortons. <laughs> there's so, a, which reminds me. There's a lot of Tim Horton shots in this. In oh the background. yeah, I did notice that. <laughs> too. So much Tim Horton. I did notice that. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Steven Seagal lives on a boat in this movie. He basically yeah. lives like MacGyver. Yeah. <laughs> you, how many that MacGyver references hell, are you going to bring in? As bring many in. as I can. <laughs> that scene was funny as hell to me. Yeah, when, he, no. when he's sleeping there and and. Uh, yeah, it's got uh, Isaiah Washington. Washington. <laughs> he just immediately points the gun at him. Yeah, what the fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, it's he sleeps very with a gun apparently. Well, of course he does. He's yeah, Steven Seagal. Yeah. So okay, he probably anyway, actually going, sleeps with a gun. <laughs> I, I and would like believe, a knife. Yeah. I would believe that, right? And yeah, Isaiah Washington, they make him his partner. Yeah. And and he kind of gives him the lay of the land about like their precinct and the beat that mm-hmm. they cover and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I do have a note which I was later proved wrong, but I did say if George makes it to the end of this movie, I will be surprised. But then he does make it, and I was yeah. I was surprised. I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, this guy's yeah. dead. As soon as they make oh, him his yeah. partner, this guy's dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially thought, when he's freaking out in the when they're in the strip club. Oh yeah, you know, or uh, club. I guess not a strip club. But T- he's T- like TK's club, static, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of boobs in this movie. Yeah, yeah, like bizarrely, like unnecessary, like naked women with paint on their bodies. Yeah, yeah it's just there, I guess. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was weird. So okay. But anyway, going back to the vault <laughs> real <laughs> so quick. So they find out that the drugs are taken out of the vault, and that's like a key plot point because there's 50 kilos of heroin that they stole out of the Piper Tech vault. Yeah, because DMX needs a like a big score mm-hmm. of drugs. Right. Uh, I don't know why it needs to be that big. You'd think if it's more than a few million dollars, but he needs it to be $5 million, like the biggest thing ever. Yeah. So I don't really... Know why? Is it because he knows that that heroin is in the vault? It 
whatever PA Industries, and he knows that that's the only place they can get it, or Piper I Tech. think he Piper Tech, whatever it is. <laughs> I mean, maybe he just doesn't want to fuck around with this anymore, and he just wants to get his brother out of jail. Yeah, <laughs> you know I what I mean. Maybe. And so he's like, "Let's just do this big job, and then I'm done with this shit." That, I don't know. It could be. I mean, that's definitely it's a possibility. Rather than because he's actually, you know, like you said, he's a successful person with millions of dollars. I don't think he wants to mess around with this corrupt stuff as long as you know oh, for yeah. too long. So, but that's the only explanation I can come <laughs> up with because <laughs> they don't explain it. No, they really don't. They don't explain. There's it a so lot not explained. No, this. no. <laughs> and it it may sound like we don't know what we're talking about with the plot, but it's just that confusing. Yep. <laughs> So uh, they eventually take DMX's character to see the operations that the dirty cops are running. That's when we find out that Spawn is the main bad guy, and he's running the operation. Spawn. <laughs> Sorry, Michael J. White. Uh, Spawn's good. Spawn, in my note, it literally says Spawn. Oh, no, it's great. It's just, yeah. I like how you just seamlessly you can, you can call like, him Spawn. You can call him Spawn, guy. or you can call him Jax. I'm this good with that, too. is a Marvel movie. I do. I have, a, I have a note that says, I think maybe Spawn is the bad guy, and then a later note that says, Spawn is the bad guy. Uh-huh. So that's, that's when you get into the crazy thing about their drug operation that we've touched on already, is that they're... <laughs> They're dipping T-shirts yes. in a heroin mm-hmm. solution, so it's like absorbing the heroin, and then they're like sealing the shirts in packages so that they won't be detected upon transport, right? Yep. <laughs> Easy peasy. So my question is, if they have shrink wrap that works so good that they can seal it from the, the scent, from, from, the, from the noses of the dogs... Why does it have to be in t-shirt form? <laughs> Why can't they just, I don't know, leave it in its regular form and shrink wrap it and transport it? Yeah. Well, I think maybe t-shirts are less conspicuous. I suppose. Whereas, like, if you got stopped, it'd be like, oh, this is the thing of t-shirts. It's not like, oh, these are, you know, bricks of heroin. All right, fair enough, <laughs> I guess. Because, I mean, like, you wouldn't be able to detect it, but you'd be able to see, like, that looks like heroin. As opposed to, like, that looks like a t-shirt. All right, fair enough. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> the, maybe the plot holes are... Uh, or the aspects that are explained are in the shrink wrap. <laughs> it could be. Along with Oren Boyd's personality. You know what? They had to cut some of this movie. I'm willing to bet all of those scenes were what they cut. Oh, and that's a good point. We didn't mention that Steven Seagal's character's name is Oren Boyd. It's not a great name. <laughs> nope. Not very heroic. <laughs> no. Nope. Um, so, okay. So it's around this time after he sees the operation. That's kind of, we already talked about this, but that's where... Um, Steven Skull ultimately finds out the truth about DMX's character is around this point, I believe. Right. So they decide to kind of put their efforts together to kind of combine and, and figure out how to take down the crooked cops, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're somewhere in this, though, I forgot, because at a certain point, he goes to tell uh, Jill Hennessy about all this. Yeah, he meets her yeah. in, you know, he meets her in this restaurant. I don't buy that they even like each other, <laughs> but they're, you're you're kind of hinted at the fact that yeah, there's, they're there's, kind of love interests. They're supposed to make you think there's like a romantic vibe between the two. It, this is um, both unnecessary and underdeveloped. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. I mean, okay, if you're going to do that, do it better, I guess. Like, I don't yeah. know. It's just, it really, every time they, like, flirt, it's like, how is this? <laughs> yeah, it was you really know? it was really weird. It really, really weird. It was very yeah. strange. And then he takes a bite of the guy's food, and then he leaves. Yeah. So that, that's when he first tells her, he's like, hey, I think something's up. And she's like, well, yeah. I think you're right, too, but, like, when you have something concrete, come right. back to me. 
Right. Then he finds out from Tom Arnold who DMX is, goes, him and DMX have a little bit of a fight, which is kind of hilarious, but not in a great mm-hmm. way. <laughs> <laughs> then, like, DMX shows him his entire operation, tells him about what he's trying to do, how he's trying to get his brother out of jail by exposing these corrupt cops. The cops are on to him. That's when Stigall gets kidnapped, put in that van, and there's that fight in the van. Yes, but hold on. Let me back up. Okay. So as soon as DMX tells Steven Seagal what's going on with his operation, this is the point where Steven Seagal should have said, okay, I'm going to go sit down. Well, <laughs> see ya. And let you kind of do your thing. Yeah. Right. Because obviously it's going to work. Right. He has all the video of them doing all the He's already got stuff. it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Why does Seagal go after them? Because <laughs> it's his movie, I guess. <laughs> 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 he has no reason to. Okay, so you know how sometimes you watch action movies and you feel like not even not even action movies. You watch movies, yeah. but I'll I'll say action movies because they have big, you know, usually big, you know, center point. People, sure, sure, right. So sometimes you feel like you know the person's in the movie and then they kind of form the movie around the person. Yeah, this feels like the movie was made. And then they put Steven Seagal in the movie. I would you see agree. what I mean? Yeah. Like no, the movie would actually just been a pretty well, decent, fine movie. I have something about that. Ooh. So the entire beginning of the film, with the like the chase in the beginning, mm-hmm. with the with the car chase and the mm-hmm. shootout and all that stuff, that was reshoots, and that was reshoots based on a an unused Lethal Weapon script that Joel Silver had. <laughs> so they added this in because Joel Silver remembered all this stuff from this other script okay. and and just decided to add it in. Interesting. Yeah. And so what I'm thinking is this movie, this movie really seems like a lethal weapon movie. Okay. I could see that. Just, you know, mm-hmm. not with Riggs and Murtaugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it should have been. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. So, okay. So they have that fight in the van. And he escapes. That's the best th- fight scene, in my opinion. Yeah, it is pretty. It, the van one yeah, is pretty, pretty cool. good. I thought they choreographed that really well. It almost felt like a poor man's Jackie Chan yeah. fight scene with the way you know they had him Yeah, that one was really everything. good. Uh, did lead to a stuntman dying. Yeah, but, I saw uh, that in you my know, research. I was going to bring that up. Um, <laughs> there's a couple interesting things about this. So, uh, yeah, there's an accident on this. So, so Chris, Le- uh, Chris Lehman died of head injuries mm-hmm. six days after a stunt went wrong. Uh, the van was being towed upside down, so it was part of where the van's upside down. They're kind of towing it down the street. He was supposed to roll out to safety, but his head got stuck on something, Oof. and he ended up dying. And then in the sa- the replacement stuntman suffered a concussion doing the same thing. <laughs> Jesus. You think they would have given up on it after the first time? You'd think. Yeah. The other interesting fact I found about this is they had to shut down filming for it doesn't I, for an unspecified amount of time um uh, because um um what's his name the 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 bad guy in it not not Michael Jai White um uh, Mil- oh, uh, Montini yeah the guy who plays Montini Martini. was arrested and charged with sexual assault on the wardrobe technician oh boy <laughs> hey maybe that's why he comes off as a incredible dick yeah, because he wasn't real life. Because it turns out he yeah. is. <laughs> he's uh, not a good actor. He's just a no. Dick. He's not. He's not. Everybody in this movie, with I guess Seagal and Montini and a couple other people, they just seem like real scumbags. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But not Spawn. He seems okay. Yeah, Spawn's pretty good. 
His fight to the end was really good. Yeah. With, yeah. with Seagal? That was, uh, yeah, was they even improvised that on the spot. Yeah, they yeah. said that it wasn't choreographed, that they were just like, no, we're just going to do this because yeah. they were both martial artists. Yeah. So. And they just did it, which Very, is awesome. Very interesting. Okay, so he finds out he finds out what DMX is all about. They decide they're going to work together. That's when he goes back and meets with Jill Hennessy again. Yes. And says, hey, this is what's going down. We have the proof. And that's when they're attacked, and they have, like, a crazy chase scene where they, like, drive a car off the top of a parking structure, mm-hmm. and they're fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Fine. And that's when she's, but there's, like, a crash, and she's bizarrely, it's, she's killed off so fast that I wasn't even sure that she was completely dead. Yeah, and and it looked really good too. I mean, good insofar as it was somebody having their head smashed against the windshield. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it really looked like her smashing her head it against did. the windshield. Right, mm-hmm. but it was it was kind of ambiguous to me. It was like, yeah, she probably was dead, but they didn't really until they later mentioned it that she was dead. I was like, yeah. in my note, I was like, wait, was she dead? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty glossed over. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like maybe she didn't actually die, and they just wrote that in after the fact. Maybe hmm. could be. But, yeah. I mean, I guess there was no need for her character to still be around. No, like, there was Why wasn't. is her character in the movie at all, though? There's no reason. <laughs> I mean, there, her character doesn't need to be in the movie. Um, Steven Seagal doesn't need to be in the movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this movie's about DMX. It yeah. is. This movie really... I mean, it really is. He is... <laughs> this movie is a DMX movie. Yeah. Steven Seagal is in it, unfortunately. Yeah, 100%. But this is a DMX movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, so after that... And then he gets on the motorcycle... Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Which right. I actually thought was there were good things about that I agree. and bad things. Yeah. Um, sure. The stunt double was very obvious, uh, which, yeah. you, you know, it's kind of like you think you would do a better job of, of that. But, you know, and then he had the jumping over the car. I mean, yeah. Which, <laughs> it was ridiculous, but I thought it was cool. I, yeah. So. Yeah. I think I think my note on that says uh, jumps over car. Why not? <laughs> yeah. He didn't actually jump over the car, but he did hurt himself apparently, and he kept shooting. Yeah, what I read he hurt so. his knee. Well, that's not like, and I would say the thing about this movie, maybe overall, I feel like the action scenes are kind of like inconsistent. Like some of them, I think, yeah. are real good. Like we mm-hmm. talked about, like the the Michael Jai White and his fight, like is really good. But then, mm-hmm. like, we kind of skipped over a little bit. But he has a fight with like the security guards in that club. That's he, the worst one. And that one yeah. is like, like that one. so crazy with like wire work and stuff, where he's yeah. like flipping around, and it's like. What and, is and like he does weird, a cartwheel thing, like yeah. over his, <laughs> and the weird superhuman like punch that he gives that guy oh, yeah. through like oh, forty yeah. feet in the air through glass. Yeah, yeah. it's like it, there's at one point where like uh, at the a- end of the anger management scene where he's like attempting, they're attempting to carjack him, and he basically dodges a bullet like he's in the Matrix. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, wait, is he yeah. like a superhuman in this? Can I make one comment real quick? Yes, when he walks into that scene, the the first fight scene. With his truck. Yeah. Uh, with the sticker still on it and everything. Yeah. He does have what I think is his best one-liner in the whole movie, which is, what am I, a shit magnet? <laughs> <laughs> he does have some pretty decent lines in that, that was That was good. There were some others, but I really like that one a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but that's like kind of my whole thing is like some of the action sequences, I'm like, oh, it's good. Like you said, the van fight's good and yeah. stuff with Michael J. White, but some of them are just like, what is happening? And it's very inconsistent to me. And his fight with DMX, I mean, like DMX is good in this movie but i it, i don't buy his fighting at all no i know he said he trained and studied and stuff but yeah i thought he did okay yeah i, I mean, mean he did okay you know like he's not a, i think thinking about it this way is in the movie he's not a fighter no he's not and, and right. you're right so yeah i guess it, I, in terms of his character like he does all right yeah, yeah i guess well, that makes sense i guess if you put it in those terms i guess i, I see what you're saying because he's not yeah so um so in the end they team up 
they're they're gonna take down the dirty cops. He calls back his buddy, the guy from MacGyver. Turns out that guy's dirty. Yep. Um, and and the one running the whole thing. What? Yeah. He's the one actually in charge of it all. Right. Uh, Bill Duke shows up with a shotgun, wearing a tracksuit. Who calls Bill Duke? <laughs> <laughs> did his butt? Did Isaiah Washington call Bill Duke? I guess. How he, did he know to call Bill Duke? I don't know. But and why is he wearing a tracksuit when he shows up? I don't, I don't know. know. Because he calls. Um, oh, geez, the other guy. The other, the commander of the other precinct, the first one he's in. Yeah. Because he calls him, right? Right. But why would he call Bill Duke? Bill he Duke wouldn't. isn't in on any of this? No, but but why would Isaiah... Yeah. The only thing I can think of is Isaiah Washington calls Bill Duke, Well, I think, but how would Isaiah Washington know who know to call Bill Duke? I think yeah, maybe Seagal's like, I'm going to get in touch with some people I can trust, and Bill Duke's one of them. He doesn't oh, realize that... Oh, okay. He maybe. doesn't realize that Daniels is dirty at that point. Oh, and right. maybe he doesn't say that. Maybe maybe he doesn't tell Daniels that he also called. Bill right, Duke. gotcha. So they show yeah. up. There's a big, there's a big prolonged fight. Um, Seagal has that fight with uh, Spawn, which is pretty sweet. Right. Um, DMX fights that guy whose name I can't pronounce. Yep. Um, Montini. Montini. Uh, that was a pretty decent death scene. Yeah, uh, and, and he it, had the ones uh, where he was hiding, and obviously it's. Uh, incredibly unrealistic, I'm sure, but he where he makes oh with the belt and the shotgun, the shotgun yes. up and he, he, but he, I like that a lot. I thought it was cool. I thought it, it was cool. It looked so. cool. He like ties his belt to the trigger yeah. of the shotgun and he throws it up in the air and pulls on the belt. Right, and like shooting and shoots a couple of guys. Yeah, yeah. That, that is really cool. It, yeah. Improbable, but it looked really cool. Yeah. To yeah. yeah, and him and Michael Jai White, they basically rip giant like uh, it's like those big like. Uh, like paper cutters. Paper cutters. Yeah. They, yep. they yeah. Paper the, cutters, yeah. They take yep. the blades off, and they're fighting with those, yeah. and it's really cool. Yeah. And then uh, Spawn's trying to get away in a helicopter. He's hanging on the... <laughs> and he has the Joker Batman death at the end. Yeah, because he's like, he's like hanging on the ladder. Seagal hooks the ladder onto a pipe of the building, and the helicopter's stuck. He falls off and impales himself on a pipe. Yes, <laughs> and ties. Yes, which is also I think DMX like gets that the the other guy impaled, impaled too. on something yeah. yep. too. So they really yep. were like going in on that. So, yep. <laughs> and then <laughs> Bill Duke kills uh, Daniels, the uh, the guy from MacGyver, yep. and shoots him and tells him that he's fired, <laughs> which I, I enjoyed. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, and then basically we're kind of at the end of the movie, and my note was like, don't they need somebody left alive to prosecute for all this? Because they kill everybody. Yeah, everybody's dead. The, and then we end up with him back at anger management. Which, okay, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and that's the end. And then we get to that... Um, that improv scene. The improv yeah. scene that plays over the credits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So And, and so DMX's some, brother gets out of jail. Right. Yeah. Bill Duke um, yep, gets him releases out. Releases him, yep. Which before is, shit goes down or whatever. So you know, Which worry. is interesting that in my research I saw that the guy that played Sean Rollins' brother was a member of DMX's Rough Riders crew. That yep. is correct. <laughs> yep. Yep. So brought him in for that. Mm-hmm. So somewhere in that whole discussion is the plot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know exactly where. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess like, I guess the movie's cleared up a little bit. There's definitely some plot holes. I mean, I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of unnecessary stuff, but I think yeah. you can kind of gleam from it what the ultimate plot is. I think an yeah. LPJ's right, too. Like, I, I, I kind of feel like if the Steven Seagal part wasn't in there, it probably would have been a better movie. It's true because well, you have a main plot. I don't know that it would have been a better movie, but I will well, say it would have turned consistent. out better. It would have. Yeah, right. It would have been a more consistent movie. Yeah, I, yeah. Agree, I agree with that too. Because I mean, that if you don't have Seagal, you can take out that whole ridiculous scene at the beginning with the right. vice president. Yep. You can take out a lot, a lot of the bizarre comedy scenes at the anger management. 
And I think maybe you could craft a better movie. Mm-hmm. But also, like, if this is based on the book and his character's probably in the book, that's, you know, that's what's kind of, I don't know. Who knows? Right, right. But then again, we don't know how much of the plot of this is actually in that book. So. That's true. It'd be less Steven Seagal, more like Batman. But you're going <laughs> to read You know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, yeah. You're going to read the book, and though, and let us know. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, looking forward I'm, to your, I'm looking forward to your book report. Yeah, it's already <laughs> on my Kindle. So. I'm, I'm, I'm very looking forward to it. Um, so I do want to – I don't have a specific role reversal for this. Okay. But I do want to bring up um, – so – Obviously, the whole rappers and movies thing was big then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's kind of, you, you get Nelly in movies, you get... Ludacris was L- in... Luda's in a bunch of movies. Mm-hmm. Ja Rule and Half-Ass Dead with Steven Seagal. Yeah. So <laughs> who do you think, who could you plug into this movie, rapper-wise, that would have been better than DMX? Better than DMX. Yeah. I mean, Ja Rule, we saw that in the other, D- the other one. I think Eminem... Would have been good. Yeah. Okay. I think he would have been as good. I could see that. Yep. Fits so. Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, that would have that would have fit in a little bit. I don't know. That's a hard one for me to pick. Tay Diggs, Tyrese. Tyrese. <laughs> Nelly. Nelly. I don't know if Nelly. It's <laughs> Puffy. Maybe Puffy. A lot of these people lack grit. You're which right. Which I think is the problem. I think that's a you good know? point. Yeah, because I mean, like you could plug in someone else, but DMX, you buy the the grit and I agree. Like because. As much as the plot of this movie, as much as we've talked about how kind of ridiculous it is, it's like DMX, you buy his character. Like when you're introduced, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I, you like, that's why the reveal is so interesting and in some ways crazy, but it's like you kind mm-hmm. of get, you're like, all right, I, I believe his character. Like I, I believe him in his role that he's playing. The only person I think would have done a better job would have been Tupac. I could see that maybe. Hey, did he die? He, at this point? Yeah, he's it. No, I mean, he's still alive. Right? <laughs> Well, I mean, it's that's debatable. <laughs> they they could have plugged in that Tupac hologram for the whole movie. Yeah. Oh, they should have. They can remake it. They can remake yeah. it with a Tupac hologram. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Yeah, obviously, he would have been the other. Yeah, I think yeah. he would have been really yeah. good in this. I wonder yeah. if they remade it now, who would be in it? If they remade it now? Yeah, like current. Um, I don't know. I, don't I mean, that, that kind of style of rap isn't really... Yeah. It's not really around as much anymore. Yeah, yeah I guess that's that's a hard one. I, I don't think we're in danger of them remaking this movie anytime soon. No. So. No. <laughs> we're not going to see Drake in this anytime soon. <laughs> God, that would be awful. <laughs> Post Malone. <laughs> I, mean, we, we, I mean, it would be awful, but we'd be there on opening night. Probably. <laughs> the three of us. I'd go, I'd go watch it. <laughs> Honestly, I would too. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's let's rate this thing. All right. All right, so, Mr. McLeod Server, we give you the right to choose whether or not you want to rate this first or defer to one of us. I'll go second. Okay. Uh, Do you want to go first or second? You want to go first or third? I'll go first. Okay. Okay. So, like I said, I had no, I knew this movie existed. I had never seen it. Um, watched it. I, I do think it's a fun watch. I didn't. I, I was a little worried when LPJ told me. I was like, I don't know how this is gonna go. It's a fun watch. I enjoy parts of it. Like we said, some of the action scenes are really good. I think it's a fun movie to talk about. Um, is it something that I'm gonna, you know, put in a regular rotation? Probably not. Um, DMX, I like in it. His acting to me is a little weak. I think all the performances, besides maybe Anthony Anderson, they're not great. Uh, I think I'm going to go and give this two and a half machine guns. Okay. 
Well, I think, uh, you know, I think we focused on a lot of bad things. And I think there's, there's a lot of bad things. But I also think there's a lot of good things. I think that um, this movie actually reminded me a little bit more of a movie that you guys did that I watched recently, Roadhouse. Because that is also very ridiculous, but it's also very gritty. And, but it's also, you know, it's, it's paced well. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I loved it for a lot of those reasons. And so, in fact, actually, when I watched the movie, uh, well, when I picked the movie, you know, I was like, man, I remember this being good. I was a teenager, though. So, <laughs> right. So that's there's some context there. <laughs> but, um, you know, and I watched it again. I was like, OK, well, it's obviously not as good as I remembered it. But then I kind of made that comparison in my head to Roadhouse. And I thought, but I love that movie. <laughs> so then when I watched it a second time, I was like, no, I really like this movie because I feel like. In general, even though the fight scenes and the action scenes are inconsistent, um, there are a lot of good ones. There are a lot of good explosions. Yeah, uh, there are some pretty good one-liners. Uh, the comic relief, I think, is is really well done. Um, I, you know, I just think that, uh, uh, you know, and actually, when I watched the uh, behind the scenes, um, you know, DMX had said that the role was actually fairly easy for him because he was pretty easily able to channel the energy of the character based on his, you know, situation growing up and everything and throughout his life, really, you know. And I think that that came through in his acting, even though, you know, obviously it's not that great, but I think the conviction is there. And I think you believe what he says, even though the dialogue's janky, (laughs) you know. So... I mean, that's a long-winded thing, uh, but I do think there are a lot of good parts of this movie. I think it's worth a watch, for sure. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it four stars because of my nostalgia. That's perfect. I do recognize that this is not that great of a movie, Yep. Uh, but it has DMX, and it's pretty funny, and I didn't get bored. And uh, it had an El Camino. It did have an El Camino, <laughs> and, and I so. and I will agree with that. Just even with my rating, that it's it's a fun watch. It wasn't a slog. I mean, mm-hmm. you can watch it, and it's it's entertaining. It's not one where I was looking at the clock to be like, right. oh, is this over yet? It definitely right. it keeps your attention, and I and I will I will agree with that for sure. Uh, yeah, I agree with both of your points. The funny stuff is really funny. The crappy weird stuff is really crappy and weird. Like the <laughs> plot doesn't make sense. Um, but it, at no point was I bored. Yeah. I mean, the movie's entertaining straight through. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't hate anybody in the movie. Um, and I really like some of the people in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm solidly, I'm going to give this a solid three and say definitely watch it. Um, and, and if you give it a four or you give it higher than a three, I wouldn't be surprised and I would have no problem with it. But for me personally, I, I'm going to give it a three. I, and I can see that. Like I said, I could see that, you know, upon further viewings of this, I could maybe bump it up a more, you know, I think, I yeah. think I could see that because I, and I, and I think we talked about the plot. I think if they could have just streamlined it a little bit, mm-hmm. made it a little just more linear yeah. and a little kind of, you know, straightforward, I think it would be a better movie. So do you remember this being better or worse than when you first saw it? 
Um, I remember it being better. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I said, if it wasn't for nostalgia and some of the connections that sure, I had, sure. th- this is probably a three. Okay. But, but that being said, yeah. you know. There's I a mean, reason why you have nostalgia about it. So, yeah. 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 No, I mean, I like, it's, yeah, that, I still had fun. And my wife even, you know, she doesn't watch a lot of action movies, but, you know, we got to the end of it and she was like, that was pretty good. And yeah. I was like. Okay, that that's pretty good for me that you say that. <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely a fun watch. I could it see that. I could see that being a fun movie to sit down with a group of people and watch because you're going to enjoy some of the action sequences and you're going to laugh at some of the ridiculous parts. Right, right. And some of the unintentionally funny parts you're going to laugh at and you're going to have a good time talking about it. So I, I definitely exactly. see it. Yeah, and I will say that this was a, a, a moderate hit. I would guess I had I clocked the worldwide yeah. gross at seventy nine million dollars. Yeah, it was a surprise hit. It made far more money than they expected it to. I mean, it 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 more than doubled. It almost tripled. Which I mean, it makes sense. It's budget. given the popularity of DMX at the time that yeah, probably sure. brought in so many people to see this movie. I, I'm mm-hmm. sure. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, and, and this was supposed to be Steven Seagal's big like return, and then after this, he followed it up with a bunch of garbage. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, I think I saw something that said this was like his last movie that was like a theatrical release. For, yeah, like, there has not was, been another theatrical release. Just like all since. like straight to video stuff after this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, we are part of Gamezilla Media. Uh, we drop every Mondays. Uh, every Monday, I should say, and then we got lots of other podcasts. We got Noobs and Dragons. We got. Legend of Retro. We got the Gamezilla podcast. We got Noiseland Arcade. We got uh, what am I missing? Uh, Bob and Backs. Uh, we got a little bit of everything for you. We mm-hmm. got streamers. We got YouTubers. We got anything you can imagine. You can check us all out on GamezillaMedia.com. Uh, you can check us out on any kind of podcasting platform. We are now on Spotify, which took us a while, but Spotify finally came through for us, <laughs> and we are now on Spotify. Thank you, Spotify. Nice. Um, but Fox, what do you what do you want to plug? You you are here on the show. We are glad you're here. You get to plug whatever you want, whatever I want, anything. <laughs> um, well, first of all, if you're not involved with Gamezilla Media, do it now. Um, that's what I did. Joined a great community, great group of folks. So and now I'm you know on a episode of a podcast talking about DMX. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Uh, but I mean, really, you can you know in doing that, you can join the Discord. Um, Discord is a very fun place. <laughs> uh, you can find me in there, Fox McCloud server, um, engaging in some uh, friendly banter and genuine jackassery. Yep. <laughs> and you're all over the board on there. You're not just in like one section of our server. You're yeah. like, you are, you got your fingers in everything. <laughs> I barely pay attention to Last Action Podcast sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and you, sir, are everywhere. Uh, you did a great job. Uh, I had this is, this is your first podcast. Yeah, I had no idea. You did a really good job. Yeah, okay. I agree. One hundred percent. Good work. Yeah, you are welcome back here anytime. My friend. <laughs> Great. So when you talk about rush hour, <laughs> yes, Which we're is- gonna do. See, here's my plan. My plan is we're gonna do this huge roundtable live rush hour discussion oh, without man. Sphinx. That would be amazing. <laughs> He'd be so mad. He would be so mad. <laughs> and then I'm only gonna send it to him. <laughs> it's not even going to be put out there. It's not just, even it's just released, be, just purely it's like spite. That, it's like that Wu-Tang album that they only made one <laughs> copy of, and that creepy uh, that creepy pharmaceutical guy yeah. bought. Yeah, that's what it's going to be like. Sphinx is the creepy pharmaceutical guy that everybody... Martin Shkreli. That, that makes sense. Sphinx is Gamezilla's Martin Shkreli. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Oh, man. nice. Yeah. All right, well... 
So thanks for being here, Fox. Yeah, thanks so much. No Appreciate problem. Thanks it. for having me. Joe, thanks for being here. Of course. Glad, glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. I apologize this film had no hovercrafts. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Maybe, but that being said. Maybe next time. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> um, I'm, I know the next movie we're doing, and uh, no, there's no hovercrafts uh, in it. To be continued. My apologies. <laughs> Uh, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated, but we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>